911, what's your emergency? In Dallas, Texas, three shots were fired at President Kennedy's motorcade in downtown Dallas. She was kidnapped when she was five years old. We legally murder human beings. On death certificates of prisoners executed by the state, the cause of death is listed as homicide. Everybody, welcome. Hot mess moms. Tells from hot mess moms. We are hot mess moms. <laughs> it's not quite yeah. called hot mess moms, but yeah. tells from hot mess moms here. Lindsay, What's Amanda, good? April. You could capitalize on that and here. Make it tells from hot or just hot mess moms. That's all it is. It's just hot mess moms podcast, but only Literally. about crime because that's all we care about. <laughs> you won't get anything else here. <laughs> Blood, guts, and gore. That's yes. such bullshit. We get off track so much. Oh, I know. Oh, oh we I have know. so many other things we could do. So we really could. Maybe eventually that's our next evol- evolving. Our next, whatever it's called. Adventure. Like cocoon. And then we come out of the cocoon. cocoon it's going to be like, you know what? We're going to branch out and do more things. Evolution. Never know. We started doing other things. I feel like yeah, we but should. now we've done the crime and that mm-hmm. like we could get into like we've talked about we want to do conspiracy theories like not saying yeah. that's not so crime but we can you know go into little ones I'm not saying we're gonna necessarily talk about cooking but <laughs> you know we're the tell I definitely would not moms. be the one to talk about cooking we can talk about cooking and killing mm. people probably <laughs> while you cook <laughs> murder and cookies uh, welcome you know, Catherine <laughs> Catherine Knight remember are, didn't you, we do are hers you trying to say you want to cook people I want to Catherine Knight some people we want to. Jeffrey Dahmer on them. I mean, come on now. I'm going to prop them up in a fucking chair, skinless. <laughs> on today's episode, how to make a human pot pie from scratch. <laughs> I do love that. I totally just snorted, snorted, by the way. I hope everyone got that. Oh, they did. <laughs> we are the Tales from Hot Mess Moms, Woo. where we talk about everything, but we mostly stick with true crime. Oh, I know. We Anywho, mostly get off track we're like too. Brainstorming Squirrel. right now, apparently. <laughs> what we had a good week. I don't know. You guys have a good week, yeah? Yeah. A couple of us got together was not this weekend. Bad. Not some Can't of us. Complain. <laughs> Lindsay. Hey. It was my twelve year anniversary yesterday. Yeah, well, I you should have been hanging out with your friends with your husband on your anniversary. I, know. <laughs> I didn't even see her half the week, so. <laughs> right? That was some bullshit. Yeah, school's starting That's soon. whack. That is some bullshit and whack, too. Although, hey. Wait, I'll be there today, though. What's happening? Nothing. Well, oh, I just heard her say, wait. I didn't know what I she know. was talking about. I oh. was going to tell you, wait, school starting is a good thing. That's not whack. No, it is. It's true. And then I'm on an g- even better schedule at work. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. Cool, cool. Good, good, cool. Cool, 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 cool. Today's episode, you guys. So we originally, as we ended last week, we had said that we were going to watch the documentary of Making a Murderer on Netflix. It's about Stephen Avery. Well, it's about Teresa Halbach and her death and then the people who were convicted and so forth. But it, I forgot how intricate it is. I already know so much about the case and I've loved the story forever so, like, I already knew, but then when I started watching, I was like, oh, this is probably going to be harder for the ladies because it is a lot. But well, it's easy to get I into it. Well, the first episode, like they say, is a little bit, is hard. First, second episode. But you then then you get into it enough and it starts telling you shit and you're like, then you can't stop watching it. And that's where it takes over. See, 
I they should have just done it in the beginning. <laughs> I just got shocked again. <laughs> it's your nose ring, I think. Um, <laughs> I just want to interject, like, this is how much of a hot mess we are. There is April, who has seen the documentary probably two or three times, and knows all yeah. the ins and outs and everything. I think, yeah, yeah. I made it through part one, which is ten episodes long. And I don't, sorry. And, and Lindsay made it through the, not even the first, first episode. <laughs> um, but do you guys know about the, you guys know the basics of this case, like in a sense, do you? Or no. you don't either. Okay. So that's nah. the other thing. I didn't realize that the story was so, in de- I didn't realize the documentary was so in detail. I forgot like how extensive, but this case is really extensive in, in de- like there are so many people involved in so many fucking parties. It's crazy. So, all yeah, right. I, so basically they didn't make it much through. No, I, I refreshed I myself. That's one. true. That's true. Season one. Yeah. I almost fell asleep, which is what we're going to do. <laughs> so we're going to do that for, you know, we're going to do two parter here because technically there's two parts. It is two seasons and the second part. And it's, you know, the first one's about the murder trial or all this other stuff. And then it goes so into other spoiler things. Spoiler so. alerts as well. If you have not seen Netflix, making a murder but it's been on there for like six how old is making a murder yeah it six years matter. already i just watched it for I the know. first time like i, I attempted true. to watch it once but before. this and this case happened in 2005 well so it's been it, a long yeah this case in well she my went opinion, she went missing it started well in my opinion this case started okay in, in 1985 but i mean her thing her sh- on Oct- it's, two, it's october 31st 2005 is when she like, mm-hmm. is it, re- uh, well, she's she reported missing wait. a couple days later. Anyways, so for me, this story start, yeah, started. So I'm just saying it's been out for a long time. The story's been out for a long time. And there's still stuff happening in their cases now because, of course, there's things happening with people being in jail. And so, anyways, to where even this many years later, there's like new evidence that was even, anyways, we'll go over all of it. But this, I feel like a lot of people would know more about this case. This case was huge and national, but mm-hmm. you might not, like you guys. So that makes me even more excited because then it's just kind of easier to. the time I moved out of my mom's house. Uh, I had just. Which means yeah. I was too poor to yeah. have television. I graduated 2004. So, yeah. That was right where I was at. I was too poor to have television at that time. Yeah. Well, and see, I come from a mother who's been in the crime world for many, many years now. So I also just know the ins and outs of everything. And it's crazy, too, because my mom. Here's the thing about it. I want to tell the story and I can't wait to hear what people think. Because my mom at first was like my side, like kind of like, yeah, no, there's there's just no way. And there's just so many other things. And then, but at the end of it, my mom's always believed that it is true. Like that they, that they really did do it. Not that the nephew, but she believes that that Steve, you know, and then just wrapped him up in it. And anyway, so we'll go into that. But that's what makes me excited about these cases. Cause I'm like, wait, what? You really do think? And my mom does, but I'm like, are you smarter? No, I'm just kidding. It's not smarter than that. But I'm like, you're in the crime world. Like. How do you think? But that makes me also think, okay, well, there's going to be a lot of sides to this then. A lot of people are going to believe it. So this is the case of Teresa Halbach's murder. Um, It involves a gentleman named Stephen Avery and his nephew, Brennan Avery. Um, I'm just going to kind of start from the beginning. So this, I got to kind of, the documentary itself is what we're going to talk about too anyways. So how it begins is in 1985... Stephen Avery, there was a, he was accused of rape, an assault, and found guilty. Now, he served time, and he did 18 18 years, and then it's one of those where new testing comes out, DNA comes out, because they had DNA, they just couldn't test it. They didn't have any forensic testing. So another one of those, and, and even that case, you guys, when you look into it, 
He had alibis up the ass. People yeah. saw him everywhere. He was all over the place. There was no way, shape, he or form like, he could have done this. And they found the real they found the real person because obviously the DNA yeah. told them who the but assailant like, was. Dude but had an alibi of being forty five minutes away within twenty minutes of the attack. Like just everything receipts. So that kind of starts hmm. to show how this. It's in Wisconsin. It's called Ma- Manitowoc County. Wisconsin. Wisconsin. And it's kind of, it's rural, (laughs) rural. It's out in the middle. It's farm. It's about 45 minutes from Green Bay. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so that already started 18, you know, years earlier where he's convicted of a crime that he didn't commit. And it's mostly because the police were shitty people and weren't doing their job in this scenario. Well, he was related to some of them. No, he had had a confrontation with the wife of one of the sheriff's deputies. His uncle worked for the police department. No, yeah. No, no, no. There's there's definitely ties, too, where you get into it. So their family over time in history, yes. It's kind of one of those, like, everybody knows who the Averys are. They own a salvage yard, right? The Mm -hmm. biggest salvage yard for... Anyways, it's huge. But they know the Avery family, too. So, so... Now, part of this, too, is he was found guilty in 1985 because also he had had, like, at 19 and 20 years old, had, like, two theft charges for breaking... Him and his friends bro- broke into, like, an abandoned fucking gas station or something. He did throw a cat over a it fire. It was a tavern. Or a tavern, that's mm-hmm. right. He did throw a cat over a fire because they were... You know, they're they're kind of hooligans. They're kind of what people would say more of a trashier family, which they're just living their best lives and how they know to live, and they all live on the same property anyways. So it kind of right off the bat goes to show that like they just they yeah they have seem to have it out slash it's not even having it out for people it's just when you know people are less than you quote unquote right it's real easy to be like well yeah then we're gonna win this case and then this sheriff's gonna get you know what I mean it's it's easy to do that kind of shit so um, 2003 so yeah so that's 18 years pretty much is when they got the DNA results and he was released exonerated he's yeah sorry he was exonerated uh the real perpetrator name was gregory allen which had come up in the investigation to begin with so that's even more fucked up parts is is they actually had the suspect they actually had talked about this person and he really committed it right the description fit him more than it did steven yes um okay so kind of fast forwarding so 2003 um basically september i wrote september 18th but september of 2003 He's already out, and a gentleman, I didn't write down his name, anyways, basically creates a task force, an Avery task force, for him to get compensation, because they're going to sue Manitowoc County. For like now, $36 million. dollars is what this totaled out. A hundred bajillion dollars. Because they were like, you know, a million for the 18 years, and then the other 18 yeah. is like, whatever. So they were going for a lot of money. So now you have this kind of battle starting. He was an innocent man put away because of p- shitty police work. I mean, even though they didn't have DNA, you know, still, whatever. It's but still a shitty police work. he takes a suit. That- and he can do this. He's allowed yeah. to do this. A lot of people do this. His family, I mean, for 18 years, like a lot of shit happened. And you, he should be paid for that. I don't, $36 million is a lot of money. But either way, so this starts, right? So... With this comes depositions. So now they're pulling these police officers 18 years right, later. Right, and getting all their statements. So, and, and you have basically these, let's see, one, two, three, four, five. There's really going to be a total of like two main, there's a main police officer sheriff. Lewis. There is the two investigators. And that's going to be like the three main people in a sense of investigating the crimes. And then you've got a prosecutor. So these guys were all so two of these guys let me rewind 
Oh, sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. You On are. the deposition, there are like a sheriff who is still part of Manitowoc County that's in the deposition that then ends up with this Pretty case too. Pretty much all the depositions but were the officers on the original. Kind of, yeah. There, there was a one main guy and then you have some other couples that come in when the Teresa Hallbach case happens that then are also, so there's kind of two sets of people that are really predominant in this and they they end up intertwining. Okay. But the depositions are done by all these people. So October 11th, the deposition's done on two of them. Uh, one of them was Sandy, which is the woman police officer that has always had it out for that family. Mm-hmm. And she has, they, they have testimony of her, like literally saying like, Steven's a piece of shit. This yeah. She didn't like him. I remember no. that part. She did not so, like him. And that or was the part family. of why she and the other share, you know, he was found convicted. And then like October 13th, the, the sergeant, that main guy, and then two other troopers, which that sergeant is now also going to come up again in the next case. And then October 26th. So basically weeks, three, these three weeks in a row, these are all, they're all being deposition are all having the deposition, which this is like basically a huge thing. People might not know what it is. And I should have wrote it down, like what the definition is, but basically it's like making it so that law enforcement tell the truth and like they can get in big fucking trouble and get perjury and go to prison if in depositions, if they don't tell the truth and if like stuff comes out and gets found, you know, that's when they get fired and all that kind of stuff. So it's a right, serious right, thing. Right. It's pretty much investigating police officers or law enforcement uh, agencies. That's what a deposition is. So that's all happening in the middle of October. October 26th was the last deposition. Then we get to October 31st, Halloween of 2005. Stephen Avery's sister wanted to sell her van. He, well, because they run the property anyways, and he's the main property owner, he was like, okay, I'm going to call Auto Trader. They have Auto Trader come out all the fucking time. They're a salvage yard. Like, they have all kinds of people, right? So he's like, I'll call Auto Trader. I'll have them send somebody out. This is where Teresa comes into play. Teresa worked for Auto Trader. She was the photographer. She's the photographer that comes out and takes pictures, and then they can do, like, the bill of sale, and she gets that filled out and stuff like that and information. So she calls... um, at, on that day in the morning, I was like, I, don't, I didn't say what time. It was just earlier in the morning and leaves a message because Stephen doesn't answer. The, the Avery, she just calls the Averys, like the property. They don't answer. So she leaves a voicemail and says, I should be up there around two o'clock, maybe even a little bit later to take pictures. Okay. So she's already making accounts of being there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so she came out and, and was supposed to take pictures. So that's October 31st. Um, November 3rd, which is three days later, she's reported missing. So she's supposed to go out to the salvage yard, take pictures. She's left a voicemail. Three days later, her roommate is then notifying the police that he hasn't seen her and that she's missing. So that kind of gives a little bit of there, too. Um, I didn't want to jump too far ahead here. I don't know. I think that timeline here. is super sketchy. Well, so there's, yeah. So this is, again, where thing, there's so much to this. And there is different sides um, of where people can be like, wait. You know, that's the thing about the reasonable doubt, like without a reasonable doubt, there's so many different people that could have maybe possibly done this to her. It could have been her family. You know what I mean? It could have been that it's crazy to me how this just went directly to one person right then and there, no matter what. And they never left their eye off of him. And then that's where it went. It's really crazy because, yeah, she's she lives with a guy, which is fine, a roommate. There's no romance. And her ex-boyfriend, who she's no longer with, they those three hung out all the time. Hmm. So there was that's just and weird, they, right? They, like, mm-hmm. So they built the yeah, timeline. I will, I will. Her last I'll get checking there. her voice. Yeah. Jesus. I'll get there. I'll get there. Okay. 
no, but um, yeah, they, they get too involved. So anyway, so she's reported missing. I do also want to put out there that Stephen Avery is still going through the suing the city. He's about to get a settlement. They also passed a bill, a law that's called the Avery bill, which is to, to make it, I can't remember specifics, but it's about DNA and, and this and that. So to help people not be found guilty, innocent people. So a bill's even passed in his name. And then two days later, she's reported missing. Okay. So she's reported missing by the roommate. They immediately start a search party. And they're like, okay, her last known whereabouts was she was supposed to go to the salvage yard. Granite. Like, she had a list like, of three stops. Yes, that she was So there be were making. three stops involved and they targeted the... Well, because apparently the Avery house to them was the last stop, which by the way is not true. It was her last stop. Okay. So that's why they went, they, they kind of targeted that area. Mm -hmm. the, so the roommate and the ex-boyfriend and all her family and friends decided to put a search party together. Manitowoc County shuts down a four mile fucking radius for these people. They don't, they, nobody knows anything yet, but at the starting at the salvage yard outside of it. And they blocked they off four miles. This does not, ha this shit doesn't happen. Cops don't come block a four fucking mile radius for a voluntary search party when they don't even know. They have no idea if that was really her last known, you know? So, but like Amanda said, we come to find out that they even had access, her boyfriend, they guessed her password for her phone bill. And they got it right. And they were able to, they got it right. They got into her phone bill. We we're able to look that up. They listened to, her brother listened to voice messages and erased some. Hmm. Okay, so that had all happened while they're getting the search party and then they go to the, the salvage yard. Well, and like, it's like this though. So the county she went missing in contacted the county, Stephen Avery lives, man, I hate that word. Manitowoc. Manitowoc yeah. County, because it's got weird letters in it. Yeah, because she's not from, you know, she was reported missing in her county. And that mm -hmm. sheriff goes, hey, listen, I've got a missing girl. Sh her last known addresses there were this address and this address. And the one was the Stephen Avery address. They never even there's went. Two other, there's two other. There's two other addresses, because she was supposed to go to three spots that yes. day. But they never went and looked at any of no. the other two addresses. So, so Steven, wait, wait, wait. Steven, she was supposed to be three different places. She's and they to go never, to three different auto traders. They sites. never cased the other no. addresses. No. no. Listen, right off the why? bat. Why? Right? This is what I'm telling you. Because this is why you got her last phone three. call or one of her phone calls and voice messages was left on Avery's phone. Mm -hmm. She knew that she, at one of her appointments, he's suing Manitowoc County right now. And his name gets brought up. His salvage, his family's salvage yard. It's not even his. It's his dad's and mom's who are still alive. It's their salvage yard gets brought up in this because that was one of her stops. And they immediately go, that's it. So right this off the bat, right stop. off the bat, they're directed at Avery's. And then they shut down a four-mile radius all around that so that this search party can go do whatever they want. So that's how this starts. you got to put in perspective. This is a tiny little town. Right. Tiny. While they carry insurance and such things, a $36 million lawsuit, I mean, it could damn near break the town. Like... I wonder crumble. if they were almost trying to pin it on him to retract... No, listen, there's... To retract it. Th th what happened is the police went... Avery's name got brought up and a missing girl, it's on. It's fucking on. Like, mm. we can get him and convict him of this or try to. Basically, they're trying to get rid of and the lawsuit. what kind of judge Well, that's what I'm saying. Because yeah. yeah. who's going to pay out a lawsuit to a guy who was wrongly convicted if he's going through and part a of murder what trial? Making a murder is, the whole, the whole premises of the documentary is people claim that because he was 
uh, found guilty, uh, in, you know, for that charge and spent 18 years, that being in prison for 18 years is what changed him and turned him into a murderer. So they're also trying to go off of that. Like, oh, it was prison that did it to him. No matter what, if he was not supposed to be in there or not, nobody gives a fuck. They're not going to give him his justice and liberty back. The, and then he starts suing them and all these guys get depositions. All these lawyers and start, like, or the, the people start getting deposed. Anyway, so this is already all happening. He's in the middle of a lawsuit. A girl goes missing. His yard is one of the, one of the places she was supposed to be to. And they immediately zone in on there and literally form their search party outside the salvage yard. With the still the four mile radius blocked around the whole area. So how would you not immediately, and then media, media is immediately on site. And now they think that, that how would you not automatically think that Avery's had something to do with this? It's already showing that a girl goes missing. She, nobody else is giving any more information or last seen there. And now they have a search party and her family or friends are there. Like it's, it's already just so tainted and fucked up. But this goes even worse. Okay. So I don't want to get, cause it can go on and on. So they start the search party, right? Um, now what had happened is that she was on the third, she was reported missing. An officer did go down to the salvage yard because she was reported missing. And they told the police, well, one of her last phone calls and one of her last areas, because we got our phone records was at the salvage yard, which nobody even looked into that either too, by the way, like, be, they just went off of the family and friends getting into her password and getting into her shit and saying that her last location was here when th- it wasn't true. Anyways, so they just went there. So he went and the um, only person that was on the property at the time, well, he went and somebody was on there and allowed an officer to walk around. Didn't find anything's fine. They kind of have to do a... Yeah, they, they asked Avery. willingly let them yeah, come Steven, on the property. Yeah, Steven, yeah. And they asked Steven where he was and if she, this was the last place. And, he, you know, he just told, like, what he knew. He's like, she came. She took pictures. That's what they do every time. They usually have me fill out whatever, or if it's money, they pay him, they pay him to come out, pay him money and they leave. And cause he does, he deals with them all the time. Right. So he was like, she was out there taking pictures and then she's left. But they, and then the media is immediately also saying to Stephen Avery. So this was the last place she was seen, which nobody even knows if that's true or not, but they're like already putting that out there that it is. Hmm. And then he, but this family, you guys is also very, 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 very low IQs, very low IQs, socially not equipped for anything of this life. So he doesn't even think to himself, even though you just got out of prison and you're suing this Manitowoc County, like to have the news come and talk to him for a minute and have the sheriff. Like I would have instantly been like, you do not come on my property. I need my lawyer. I don't give a fuck what's going on. But they just don't, they can't comprehend that. Like, when he was arrested in 1985, they determined his IQ to be a 370. Which is the yeah, same I as, remember like, that, yeah. shit. Too. It's crazy. So, <clears throat> okay, so that happens. They go and look around, and I think that's what starts this. They're like, okay, an officer went on the salvage yard. Oh, the family's telling us that's her last known place. Oh, okay. So, on the 4th is when everybody gets together and they show up on the salvage yard. Um, and they start their search. They kind of went around every areas, not on the yard, and they looked for that day. Nobody ever found anything, nothing whatsoever. Um, the police are not really doing much at that moment, but the next day, not even 24 hours later on the 5th, is when Teresa Halbach's aunt, Pam, Peggy? Pam or Peggy? Peggy. Peggy. She decides to go ask the salvage yard to go ask the Avery's if she can do a search on their property. Here's the thing. That day that they started the search party, they kicked the Avery's off. So Stephen Avery 
and his immediate family were kicked off the property and had to go to their cabin. And they were not and forced to, be there to for like stay nine there. Days. And there's not even an investigation that has started yet. They haven't found anything. There's nothing, but they've already kicked them out of there. And so there's just the brother. It's like the random, it's like Steven's older brother or whatever that's on the property Managing only. Managing the office. Managing the office. So Peggy goes in there that day and asks him if she can look around. So, her, and he said, yeah, fine. Which is again, everybody should have been told right off the bat. Like nobody say anything to anybody. Nobody let anybody on this property. Like the whole family should have fucking known. Like, right. But there's the a thing. lot of That's turmoil the in the family. Is, so. At this time, although, let's interrupt and bring up the point that Manitowoc County claimed that there was a conflict of interest because of the lawsuit and all this going mm-hmm. on. Oh, well, yeah. We're and because of that, they're supposed to step out. And they told that to the, what's the other county? Well, I'm going to get there because they're not supposed to be in the investigation. And that's what happens in just a minute, from though. the get-go. So from, this from is where it starts. This starts missing. on this day. No, it starts on this day. Okay. So November 5th, Pam goes, Pe- Peggy, I wrote down Pam, R- goes on the property, asks the uncle, takes another girl. If you guys would look her up. Daughter I should post a daughter. picture. We should post a picture on social media. If you look at the, how big this fucking salvage yard is and how they had, I would say they had thousand cars there at least, right? Wow. So she was going to do the search. Not even 20 minutes into the search. She goes up on this very backside ridge in the middle of wherever. She finds a RAV4. She finds Teresa's car. Mm. Are you showing like the aerial view of all the cars? Yeah. It's, it's How huge. How in 20 minutes did you find huge. her car? Huge. Wow. <clears throat> huge. So, there, so they find a car. The car has a bunch of sticks and stuff up, leaned up against it. They have all these pictures. So she is calling the dispatch because they were given a phone number or told to call 911 immediately because nobody's supposed to touch anything. Nobody's supposed to do anything. They're voluntary search party. And she gives the VIN number and they realize it's Teresa's car. Now, the sheriff, Manitowoc County Sheriff, who was then called, is one of them that was involved in the 1985 case. Mm. So this is how this begins. You hear him call dispatch and go, First of all, he calls and makes a report about, um, hey, will you run a plate for me? And he gives a plate to the dispatch lady. Doesn't say the ma- she doesn't oh. she doesn't say the maker model or anything. He doesn't either yet. He just gives the plate, and she goes, oh, that's tied to a missing person, Teresa Hallbach. And he says, is that a ninety nine Toyota Toyota Rav four? The officer saying this as if he was looking at the vehicle, right? Mm-hmm. Like, how would he know what it was? He doesn't, nobody has talked about anything yet. They knew what, well, they knew what Teresa drove. But, like, he was on there. He was there. Like, you know what I mean? Then, but he acted like he was on his way in and didn't know. So that was already suspicious. No, he was, see, right? she, no, 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 no. Or no. he called it I in, wrote that's right. that down. I wrote that down. They pulled the record oh, yes. of him calling in that plate. That plate was called in and ran. Oh, that's right. Two days that's right. before it was that's found right. on the eighth. And that will come back up. Oh, in, wow. That'll come back up in season two because there's a whole thing that's found about that. Yes. Yeah, so, so there's already accounts. Sorry, there's already accounts of somebody seeing that Rav Four running the plates and seeing it somewhere. So, and then he's also the officer that responds when they find the car on the fucking lot. And everybody does. The whole fucking world responds. They get FBI. Everybody immediately just because her car is there. Okay, not just that. They, they're they searching the house. Oh, yeah. So then they start an eight-day search of this property. An eight-day search of this property. The first three days, so they take the car or whatever. 
the first three days, nothing. They go into Steven's trailer. They're in, um, they're mostly doing Steven's trailer and the garage there, by the way, not even probably a hundred feet away is the nephew, Bobby or Brendan Dassey, his mom, the stepdad brothers that live in a trailer right there, like walking distance. Okay. And then you've got everybody else that lives on the property and all the cars. So, but they're only searching Steven's trailer at this point. Mm. And then they eventually go to his garage, but a little bit later. Anyways, the fourth day, there's video recordings. Yeah. Oh, rewind. Two Manitowoc County police officers become investigators in this and are allowed in to Steven's house with a babysitter officer is how they did this. From the other county. So they had another county officer come in and watch be with the two Manitowoc County officers as they did the investigation. Interesting. When they're not mm. even supposed to be nothing to do, they're supposed to have nothing to do with, they were supposed yeah, to provide no. resources, equipment, resources for the other County and the other people, but they themselves were not allowed to investigate and they were in his trailer. Fourth fucking day, a guy comes in, the one, the lead investigator link, his name is link. And you will hear his name over and over and over again at this point. They find the RAV4 key on the floor. No, it was on the seventh search of the house. It was the, it was the fourth day. Because I have, I have it written down on here. Day four, key found um, by, the, yeah, by the, one of the other guys. Um, oh, and before this, you guys, Ken Kratz is the prosecutor. He has now been assigned to this case, and that's where these investigators come into play. Ken Kratz is also a piece of shit human what being. What was it they found? So, uh, that's going to be a little bit later. Cause like the ninth is when the interrogation. So, okay. Day when four, found a, a key. Pit? That's going to be right. Yeah. Right now. Pretty much day four, they find the key on the ground, but the first three day searches, they never found that fucking key just laying on the ground next to a slipper. Like so much so that like, they were like, it must've fallen off the bookshelf when we pulled the bookshelf out to, um, to like search the bookshelf and it fell to the ground. Like that's what and they started like, saying. You didn't hear it fall. It had to have made a noise. How did you not see it? And he goes to it's drop crazy. it on the carpet in the courtroom, and the, process, the state was like, well, we need to replicate conditions. Like, bro, they were under a pair of slippers. So either way, another evidence found. You're t yeah. The and then they bring in the dogs. So, so that same day, they already have dogs there, but that same day they bring in dogs. They've now found her key in there, and they now have evidence in his house. Now, this is where you don't really hear about it. So immediately the news does, missing car found on Avery's property. Now the key's found in there. A it's Stephen Avery. How could it not be? It's apparent, right? That's the key in all, yeah, that's all that they keep saying on the news too, is repetitive over and over again. She's missing. They've been searching Stephen, but he's not a suspect. That's what the police keep saying. He's not a suspect yet. He's not a suspect. Then the key's found and they're able to say he's a suspect but it's already being put out in the news what's going on mm -hmm. and that she's missing. And then they find her key that same day, the dogs, there's many, many cadaver. Well, not, not cadaver dogs, scent dogs. These are dogs to track a human being, not a dead human being. We're out never once on the Avery property at all. whatsoever did they track her? There's a whole quarry that is behind them with a pond and everything. And another property owner's property is right on that line too. So it's basically like this property owner's line, this quarry that they share. Then you get into the Stephen Avery's salvage yard from like the back end. So this whole quarry, that's just nothing but land. The dogs went, did this whole pathway circle and then went back up and around to Teresa's car. 
Hmm. And they were following her scent, not her, not her, not her body parts yet. So these dogs were following her scent and how, where she went, which is out in the back of these woods. So, but they don't show that. What they show is the dogs, they do Paringa to cadaver dog on and they, so they find bones, they find bones and like teeth and jaw bones and stuff and parts right behind Steven's trailer in like a fire pit, a big fire pit that they always use. Right. They find a barrel that has some of her belongings and some bones and clothing burned in it. What they also found though, was her part of her pelvic bone out in the quarry. Hmm. But they ain't going to tell you that on the news. They immediately go on and say body parts found right behind his house in the fire pit. That's where she's that that's it's final. We found her body, Stephen Avery's backyard. It's on. So now the interrogations begin. It's like November 9th. So it was only a couple of days later. They did inside her car find a little swap of blood next to the ignition, but it's in a very weird spot. It's a very weird swipe. It's almost fucking impossible. It's weird. And uh, other people do other testings later on that like try to prove like there's no fucking way that this happened the way they said it. Like, cause here's where we, they start saying planning evidence, right? You've got the key that all of a sudden shows up in the house. You've got blood. You got Stephen Avery's blood in the front of the car, like a little swipe and like a little drop over on the passenger side, nowhere near each other. None of Teresa's blood's in the front of the vehicle or anything. And then you have her blood in the back where it looks like it was like her head bleeding or something and kind of like hair swipes. Just one little area back there, but only her blood's in the back of the car. So if like, first of all, if somebody's actively bleeding, say Steven was actively bleeding and he was putting her body in the back of the car, none of his blood at all is in the back of the car. But then he got up in the front of the car and none of her blood. It's so it immediately is sounding like planning evidence, right? Mm -hmm. You've got keys in there. You've got the blood. So you've got Stephen Avery's blood though. So that is where they're able to be like, all right, we got evidence. It's him. Now let's go find the crime scene and figure out what happened to her. Now, during this time, they're already interviewed quickly, like the next door, like his nephew, which is Brendan. Brendan Avery was a 16 year old. He had a younger brother and then he had an older brother named Bobby, two older brothers, actually. And then it's his mom and stepdad that live in this trailer. And then it's uh, and then it was Stephen Avery and his family that lived in the trailer and then his mom and dad. And then they have like an uncle and stuff and another one and stuff like that. Anyways, right next door. Brendan, they've all have, Brendan has the lowest IQ out of any of these people, any of them. He was like not even 60 or something like that. Or I think it was right about the same, like 70, like we said, really low. Um, Okay. So also a 16 year old, he's a 16 year old boy, like no, like very socially awkward. Well, his account was he got off the bus at 3.30 from school. He went and checked the mail, got the mail, went home, played video games for a while he, so he's telling the police that like, he never saw Teresa. He didn't mm-hmm. see Teresa there at <clears throat> all. His brother, older brother, Bobby says at two 30, he made it home. He was getting ready to go hunting. So he was hurrying, showering, getting his stuff ready. He saw her taking pictures of a van and then watched her walk to Steven's trailer, walk into the trailer. And then at that moment he was leaving to go hunting. So then they'd go right off of Bobby's. He's the first witness that said something. All right, boom, that's our timeline. Even though there was also the bus driver. Oh, there's so many other people. There's a bus driver that that eventually drops off Brennan at 3.30. Between 3.30 and 3.40. And the prosecution's like, she would know. It's her job to Mm -hmm. drop these kids off at the same time. So so the timeline's fucked up already. But they're just going straight from Bobby's timeline. She was there at 2.30. She took the pictures. And then by three before 3 o'clock, he was already out hunting and she was already in the trailer. 
So, and they go off of his. So then they realize, okay, now we've got that. We've got his witness testimony. Now we need to get Brennan, the little brother, because he says that he just came straight home at three 30, went into the house, never saw Teresa anywhere, but they know that they need to be able to start telling a story. They found her body parts there. Somebody knows they're going to say that it's Steven. So they've got to prove that. This is where the interrogation comes into play and they completely fuck this kid up in interrogation for hours and hours without any lawyer, without his mom, without nobody. They told his mom that she wasn't welcome because they don't know any better. They don't know the laws. They don't know how it works. They think that a minor is not allowed to talk to police officers, but why would a, if a police officer is saying we're fine, like you're not a suspect in this at all. Like we just need your witness accountability. And they interview him four fucking times and interrogate him for hours with no attorney, no attorney, present. nobody. And then eventually they get out of him a story that they like. And you see it in the interrogation video where that's not right, Brennan. That's not what they talk about. What do you do to their, what do you do to her? House? Yeah. Let me, so let me tell them really quick what the prosecutors her. made up. The prosecutor states, Teresa Halbach walked into that trailer, was tied up to Stephen Avery's bed, ropes on her hands, chains around her ankles to the bedpost. He was beating her up and sexually assaulting her when Brennan came over to deliver Mel. Stephen had him join in, had him rape and sexually assault her, the, the Brennan, the nephew. Then they consistently, then they both started stabbing her. This is what the prosecutor went on to the media and starts saying about this. There's no evidence of this. Before None. he's ever been convicted. Before anything's of, even happened. Not a drop of blood yeah, has there's, been found in the 18 searches of his home and garage so yeah mm -hmm. but she was stabbed multiple times on that bed then they slit her throat which she did not die yet then she they dragged her body to the garage and then shot her in the garage and that's how they killed that's how she died that is the, this is what they tell the media is what happened to Teresa Halbach. and then went on to tell the, jury the prosecutor trial so that's how that's already been put out there that's what they know so now they're trying to find that evidence. They're going back to the bedroom, back to the bedroom, ripping the walls off. Now they're going to the garage and the garage is packed full of shit. They also, by the way, you guys live on a salvage yard. They shoot guns all the time. Bunny rabbits fucking around. There's bullet casings everywhere, everywhere. So they're going in the garage because now they've made up this story. Now they got to fabricate the evidence to fit their story. So then, th so this was basically the eight day search. They come up. Yeah. So blood in the car. Keys in the house, and that is it. However, they start searching the garage. Officer Link, Lieutenant Link, again, finds a bullet casing in this garage. And they claim they went through every single item in this garage. You should see the pictures of this fucking he garage. There's no fucking way they went through. No he, way. He straight up claimed we touched, processed, and handled every, every item. item in this garage. There's no way. But he's the one that now finds... So he found the keys in the trailer. Mm. And he finds a bullet fragment in the garage. So by now... <laughs> by now, Steven's already arrested. Um, they found that... You know, they found her body parts, whatever. Brennan, and this during this time, has already confessed in the interrogation that... So this is where it comes up where they go, what happened to her head? What'd you guys, cause then Brent, Brendan starts just saying random shit. Like, Oh, I punched her. Oh, I kicked her. Yeah. I did go drop off Mel there when he didn't even say that to begin with. His story was, I went home and played video game. Like he wrote that story. He even wrote that over and over and over again. The first three times he talked to him and in this first investigation, like, of course he's going to just start telling them what he thinks they want to hear. And they're putting words in his mouth. So they keep saying, what did he do to her head? 
uh, cut off her hair. Okay, and what else? What else happened to her head? Um, he punched her. And, and then he would always say, I don't know, in between all of it. And then they're like, sure. what else? And then Are he goes, sure? and then they go, you know what? Mm. Fine, Brendan, fine. You remember when you shot her? Remember when she got shot in the head? Who shot her? Who shot her, Brendan? And they keep doing that, keep doing that. I don't know, I don't know. I guess Steven did. And they go, you guess? Steven did. And boom, there you go. And now they're charging Brennan with accessory to commit murder and rape and everything else. After, and he is arrested after, right then and there. This is after having a psychologist tell him, a psychologist and the police tell him, well, if you help us and yes. tell us the truth, you won't get in trouble. It'll be fine. You won't get in trouble. You can come talk to us. They told his mom it's not a big deal. You're not a suspect. Not a big deal. I just want to talk they, to him. The first time they talked to him, they went to his school and pulled him out of class and had a conversation with him at the school. Without his mom present. Without anybody. Wow. Or a teacher or a representative. So hearing this, it's like mind-boggling where this it's all a goes. It's confession if I've <laughs> ever heard one in my life. So then we're already in February 2006. Both of them are on hardcore charges, first-degree intentional murder, kidnapping, rape, uh, all these other ones, mutilating a body, corpse, all of it. Both of them are in hardcore. So now you've got the prosecution who's already got their story out, and they're going to prove it, and they're going to they're gonna keep telling that story over and over, too. And that prosecutor is such a fucking creep. And I'm like, don't you feel bad for her family? Like, you're making up this awful horror story that happened to their daughter and their sister that's not true and you keep he keeps talking about it sexually assaulting her and raping her stabbing her slitting her throat like he just keeps bringing it up and keeps bringing it up every like he's tainting any kind of jury they could possibly get that's insane yes okay so let's see i want to i want to interrupt because you're going ahead but that's fine no it's fine um so there was one of the episodes episode four ended with the prosecution or the defense team finally gets a chance to look at the 84 evidence case file and they find a tube of his blood, a vial of his blood in an evidence box whose seal is broken. Oh, girl, I haven't even gotten there yet. <laughs> but you have. No, because I haven't even said to his lawyers. He hasn't even gotten lawyers yet. February 2006 is when he hires those lawyers. That's in episode four. Oh, so yeah, Stephen Avery gets a settlement. So he's arrested. They immediately have to decide if they're going to do the settlement anymore. They decide to settle. He gets $400,000 of $336 million they were going for. A thousand, 100000 of it goes to the, this and this and this. So then the rest of the money he's able to use to hire some uh, lawyers, like mm-hmm. high-class lawyers. Yes, these lawyers then go back to that case, realize that there's a vial, a purple vial of blood, that is sitting in a styrofoam box that had the red caution tape around it that has been cut and taped back with scotch tape. Okay. Mm. Then they pull so there's out blood. the blood and the top of it has a, has a hypodermic needle hole. Which, which you can have because if totally. they do testings in a t- machine, it pokes through. But, but you're not going to have that the in lab. there. You're not going to have that. He called the lab and asked them their procedures Sampling that blood and testing that, and they blood. did not do that. And they do not use a hypodermic needle yeah. at the top. Mm. So, so there's someone's tampered with that fucking blood. So so right now the pro- the Stephen's lawyers are going for the whole cops are framing Stephen. That's their story, right? But I don't believe that. Like I immediately haven't gone to any of that. I and and so anyways, but that's the side. It's the cops. I did. The cops planted, <laughs> and then the other side is that Stephen killed her with Brennan's help. So that's that's where we're at with all of it. 
Now, really, what starts is just the trials. And the trials, you, it, it is fucking insane. So Brendan doesn't get fair representation. His lawyer is actually working with the prosecution team. Okay. Mm. Telling him to take plea deals just to immediately get over with. Because here's the deal. They knew that Brennan was the only way to make Stephen guilty. But you can't have Brennan coming out as a liar and not telling the truth. So they just kept making it to where he didn't have a choice and that they were going to make him plea. Because if they didn't get Brennan, they weren't going to be able to get Stephen. Right. It wasn't going to work. Right. But that was their plan all along. They don't give a shit about this 16-year-old boy. That's so fucked up. Oh, God. It breaks my heart watching them. And watching him being interviewed, it gives me the... Like, these, those fucking cops can really seriously rot in fucking hell. I don't care. Like, and none of them ever lost their jobs or anything. Yeah, he's like, um, I want to go home, you know, like. Oh, it was so sad. So sad. He even is even pleading, like, with, to his defense attorney that he wants to take a polygraph because he knows he didn't yeah. do it. All kinds of things. They ask for a new lawyer. The judge says no. And then a judge finds out that the prosecution lied about something because they can. They can lie about whatever they want. And it was basically against something where they were able to then come back to court and let his lawyer go and get him a new appointed lawyer. But by then, everything's already set in place. Everything's already in play. It's already fucking over. There's no help for Brennan. There's no help for anybody. So long story short, Stephen Avery gets found guilty of murder. Brennan... So Stephen Avery gets found guilty of murder, but not of any kidnapping, sexual assault, or desecrating a body or anything. Brennan, however, gets... First degree intentional murder, deprecating a body, moving a corp. He gets all the charges. They basically threw the book at him. But yes, but Stephen gets life in prison without the chance of possibility of early release. Yeah. And Brennan gets life in prison with the chance of parole at 2048. Wow. But like, okay, I just want to interject and mention like his sentencing, Stephen's sentencing. This judge. Oh my They all work together. God. It's a whole county. He it's was straight up like, it's my job to determine whether or not you'll have the chance to get out for early release, whether you have the chance to reoffend. Is the public in danger of you? And he's like, and based off your criminal history. <laughs> and I just sat there. And they can't take the, the 1985 floor. case into anything. You can't bring that in. He's literally saying his threat theft charges and yeah, like the cat being thrown over the fire. you take out the charge that he had for a crime he was exonerated from. And it was 20 years it prior. Was two theft charges. Yep. At 20 years old is when those were committed. Every other criminal charge he had, he was as a juvenile. It's so crazy. shouldn't have counted. So, yeah, and the documentary goes way more into detail. Like, it tells legitimate. Like, you watch the court case happen, the trial happen, and it, it is so out of this world that... Everybody let like the media told the story. Everybody thought he was guilty. They had it in their hands and everybody, the prosecutors, the the FBI, the investigators all worked together and half of them worked on a 1985 case. Like it is fucking nuts. Lieutenant Link that they brought in for the Manitowoc County is the one that found the keys, the one that found the bullet. But here's the question. Why? So they, well, they want the lawsuit gone because these guys just got depositioned. And if the lawsuit goes through, they They lose their jobs. They're done. and not just that, but their the livelihood, lawsuit everything. payout would bankrupt, bankrupt Manitowoc County. city. Or, yeah, the, the whole city. The entire county. Mm. Like, yes, there's insurances to pay for that, but, like, they still have some that they're going to so have to pay out. they didn't kill Teresa. This is my opinion. They didn't kill her. It happened. They found out about it. An opportunity came in, and they went bingo. So they didn't plan. Do you think the cops did it? 
No, I don't. And you I don't, don't think that the cops killed her and planted all that shit. No, because, and I mean, we can, we can kind of skip a little bit ahead. So sec, so the first season, the rest of the season is just going through the trial. And then after they're found guilty like is doing and appeals stuff. and stuff who are all done to the same judge. Mm. Like, like they tried to appeal Brendan's case. Well, and the Brendan gets innocent project to take over his, and then they, they have a lot of good to stuff. Appeal it based on the fact that the uh, confession was coerced and that he didn't have proper representation because his lawyer was pretty much trying to get him to take a plea deal so they could use his testimony against Stephen and their mm-hmm. case against right. Stephen. So like, and that's your defense attorney should not do that. And there were so many people that got on the stand. And it goes before the same judge that, that said that they lied. Yeah. There's so many people that went on. Stephen had a 16-year-old cousin who made up a bunch of shit because she saw it on the news about body parts being in the fire. And then the prosecutor had told the gruesome in day two about how she fucking died. So she ran with that and told the cops that she had heard from Brennan about the body parts in the fire. She got on the stand and said, I lied about all that. She's crying hysterically said, I lied. I saw that on the news. And then Brennan gets up there and he says his exact story. He's been saying from the fucking day one, he got home from school. He did this. He, did, he never, he never strays from his story. And then, and then ever, the only time is when they're not, he's not giving them the right answer that they want. He feels bad and he gives them whatever answer they fucking want. It's crazy. Those times that they interrogated him without lawyers and his moms and his representation and all that. So in the middle of it, they'd be like, okay, well, you're not going home tonight. No, we'll let you talk to your mom. What are you going to tell your mom? Yeah. Do you want to tell your mom first before you tell, like before we tell her about how you did it and what you did and all this. So this poor kid. With an IQ of seven. My fucking six-year-old is smarter than this kid. It's really sad. To God to you. He was even on the stand and said, they said something about losing weight. And he was like, yeah, I lost weight because I thought that my first girlfriend broke up with me. And a lot of people make fun of me because I'm fat. So they were trying to paint this picture of who he is and like how his social abilities and his mind and his memory. And But he has never once, never once, anytime he's told his story throughout it, even though he's told a thousand other stories about how she died because that's not true. He has never, he's never even skipped a word and he's not that smart. And he still goes this time. I talked to my mom, my friend called my little, my little brother's boss called me. And then Steven called me. I went to the fire. Then my mom, like never, ever strays from a story. Never, ever doesn't say the same shit. It's so crazy. But the city, the Manitowoc County needed Steven Avery to be out of the picture. And this was the only way to do it. But, The sad fucked up thing about all of this is that Teresa Halbach was murdered and burned and all this stuff and nobody Nobody gives a fuck about who really did it. Nobody cares because they have who did it. He's right there. I mean, like, it was, it went through on the radio that they found the RAV4 and one of the main sheriffs involved in it goes, so do we have Stephen Avery in custody? Yeah, so that same day too was already painted a picture. So is he in custody? And then the dispatch is like, no, nothing further has happened. Like they just found a car. Like, and why would you arrest ago. Steven? Why? What about the uncle? What about Bobby? What about the older brother? What about the stepdad? What about the mom? The, what about There's the very the dad and like mom? Ten other people on the property who could have been responsible. Um. So, so where we're at now is season two comes into play where the innocent project has been taken on Brendan's case to try to get him out, and then Kathleen Zeller, which you guys can look her up. She is like a world-class lawyer. She has exonerated 17 people already. And she's done more now since over the past couple years, but 17 people. And she is a no joke, like no fucking bullshit. She ain't going to sugarcoat anything. If you fucking did it, 
it sounds like to me in the way she makes it put is you fucking did it. She ain't going to help you. But if she thinks you're innocent and truly believes you didn't do this and you were found guilty and convicted wrong, she will take your fucking case and she has exonerated them. So she heard about Steven's case because he wrote, well, he wrote to the Innocent Project first and did get some lawyers. But then when Brennan, the whole thing happened, they were like no longer wanting to be with him. They didn't want anything to do with him. So she decided to pro bono take his case. Mm. So season two gets into her investigation. And this is where my theory is proven of what she comes up with. And we're going to get into that in a little bit here, um, which then goes into more of the people that were there and who could have else done it and why. And remember how we're talking about there was two other places she was supposed to go to. Like Kathleen dives so deep into actual Teresa's last stops, last moments, her whole fucking day. And then she actually finds other evidence of other things. The phone call with the sheriff calling in a plate that comes back up because she finds out when that happens. Like, anyways, so stay tuned because we're going to be talking a little bit more about that too. Um, uh, and then we'll kind of give an update because there is even still new shit that just happened a couple weeks ago with these cases. That's fucking crazy. So, so that's next time. Yes. So, and if you guys watch the documentary, like again, give yourself a little bit of time. I mean, try the first season. The problem is the first season tells the 1985 case, him getting out, the murder of Teresa and a couple of things. And then that's the first season, the first episode. It's a lot. And you're kind of like, wait, I thought this was about just one murder of a person. So I know that that can be hard, but that does give you that information at the beginning. It's all about him getting out in the first case. But then if you get into it, like Amanda said, you said, what, the third and fourth episode, about, you're about like, the third boom. episode, you're like, what the hell? Yeah. So hopefully go out and watch it. Um, and then, yeah, season two is on there. And that's like with the new lawyers and stuff like that. Making a murder two is what they call it. But yeah. So this story is fucking nuts. And you, I immediately, before this even happened, I already said, it's, it's this person. I know it's him. I know he's involved. It's him. And then I can't wait to talk about it because now other people are backing it up. And I'm like, that's right, bitches. I should have been an investigator. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Peace. Next time. Love. Bye. Bye.